Welcome to the All In Design podcast, the podcast that dives a little deeper into the world of UX. My name is Lindsay and I'm a content designer at Kindred, coming to you from London. We'll be joined by UX professionals from around the world to talk about their experiences, challenges and advice when working in the world of UX. On today's episode, we have Julia Fiore, a product designer here at Kindred, and much like Eric, myself and Julia embarked on a UX journey at Kindred together back in 2020. But for Julia and I, we didn't just join the Kindred team back in 2020. We also started our UX careers then too. We made the decision to transition into UX when the world was in COVID chaos. And with so much change on our normal day-to-day lives on hold, it seemed crazy to most people that we would attempt a career change during a pandemic. But we did, and we're here to tell the tale. So welcome to the podcast, Julia. It's great to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us a bit about what you were doing before you made that decision to move into UX back in early 2020? Yeah, of course. So I started working as a photographer almost 10 years ago, actually. And I moved to London to attend the photography course, and then I stayed. The first years, I was the typical struggling photographer, working a part-time job trying and trying to get photography gigs and whatever I could. And then after some time, I found some good connection and started working as a full-time wedding and event photographer. But after a while, I realized that my passion for it was gone and I was working on autopilot, which might be, I guess, one of the risks when you turn your passion into a career. Weddings were also very repetitive and I didn't really care about photography anymore at that stage to make the extra effort to change and go and do something that I would actually like with it. Yeah, I think I was in a similar position. I started to question whether what I was doing was what I really and truly wanted to be doing. I was working in marketing and social media, so I enjoyed speaking to users through social media and writing content, especially because at the time I was working in the travel industry. So I was writing really fun articles about the best things to do and see in places like California, for example. But at the end of the day, I was there to sell the product and get a good ranking on Google rather than really and truly helping the user. But when COVID arrived on the scene, the travel industry was hit really hard and I started to lose that job security and started to question my life, which I think a lot of people did during that time. And questioning whether I was happy doing what I was doing. And at the end of the day, the answer was no. And I think also with social media, I always had to be switched on. So I was working over holidays and weekends and it just really wasn't for me anymore. And I remembered a few months back speaking to a friend who was visiting who had just completed UX bootcamp in New York. And she was telling me all about the job she had now and all the cool stuff she was doing, things like usability testing, understanding user behavior, so looking into a lot of psychology, designing better products that will actually help the user. And I love the sound of it. And then I was actually put on furlough, so it was actually quite good timing in the end. So I decided to take those three months that I wasn't actually working and really see if UX was something for me and started to look into online training. So how was the experience for you? Because I know at the time you didn't have a full-time job then. so did you join a bootcamp or what kind of training did you end up doing? So actually the child decided to do the switch uh, slightly before COVID struck, but just like you, I would have been out of a job anyway as all events and wedding got postponed during COVID. And like for you, it began by talking with friends. Somehow my friends at the time were all working in tech and I was inevitably part of the conversation about work and I felt I was missing having that career progression they had. In photography, you can get paid more for an event when you have a better portfolio, but that's about it, at least at the level I was working at. I was also starting to crave the stability of a full-time job, whereas as a photographer, I was mostly working weekends and it was very hard to plan around the job. 
So I came to UX through a mixture of elements, the satisfaction with the job that I had at the time, obviously, but also through conversation I had with friends and actually finding out through them that UX existed. And then a lot of research I did on my own. Changing career in your 30s is hard enough, so you really don't want to get it wrong. And then I decided for a bootcamp because I felt like I could not have done the step by myself. So what I paid for in a way was confidence and it made me more confident to go and look for a job later on. Something else that bootcamp gave me was a community of people in my same situation and feeling that I wasn't alone was priceless or maybe not priceless because the bootcamp did have a price. So it wasn't, it was actually not cheap. But for the rest, if I have to be honest, what I was thought, it was nothing that I couldn't find out by just going to talks or conferences or just reading articles on Medium, the blog where articles are published by the UX community, some more relevant than others, so you will have to pick and choose. Also, the help that we were supposed to get to find a job wasn't that great. I guess it was also terrible timing because I finished the course during the first month of the pandemic, so there was a hiring freeze throughout the whole job market. Yeah, that doesn't sound ideal. There is definitely an element of luck when it comes to getting a job afterwards. And just because you've done something like a boot camp, it doesn't always guarantee that you're going to get that job at the end of it. You obviously mentioned a few like negatives there, but was there were there any other positive things about the boot camp that you chose to do? Yeah, like, there were a lot of positive. For example, we ended the boot camp with three projects in our portfolio, and the last one was actually for a real company that had some. UX issues in our case, and they wanted a refresh of their app. And so we came across uh, several issues and blockers that you would get while working in a real job. And then all the two other projects were more like mock projects. So we would create a website, improve this website, it was all mock, but still there would be something to fatten your portfolio when you go and look for a job. Also, the UX process that we used during the course was very similar to the one that we used at Kindred. So even though there is so much that I learned at Kindred, I had some foundations at least. Also, we were constantly giving presentation and that really helped like defending your ideas or just like speaking out loud to an audience, which is not the easiest thing. And I would say also collaborate, all of the projects for collaboration. So you also have to collaborate with sometimes people that you wouldn't necessarily agree with, but you have to do it. You How was your training? Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I just, you mentioned collaborating on a UX project. And also you said that you did this during a pandemic. So yeah. how did that collaboration look like? Oh, no. So the, actually most of the course was in person. Okay. So the last month was remotely, but that was all, almost all of the courses all of the projects had were done by then. Okay, so you were in the same room with them, collaborating. Yeah, think about that now. <laughs> That's good to know. How was your training like? Yeah, so I had a different experience. I didn't have a capacity to join a boot camp because I was currently in a full-time job. And instead, I opted for a six-month online course that I could do in my own time. But it, the good thing about it was that it had these monthly deadlines so you could stay focused and on track. You did have the ability to do it across a whole year if you wanted to, but I tried to stick to the six-month timeline because at the end of the day, I really wanted to get out of the job that I was in and move into UX. So I wanted to do that as, as quickly as possible. And like you as well, I had this real-life project where we were asked or tasked to design a travel app. So we did the whole UX process, which I think that was what was so good about the course is that it gave you an insight into what that process looked like. Because for me having not worked in UX before, that was really useful in terms of then going on to find a job. I was, I could go there knowing what that process looked like. So we were doing things like 
research and usability testing. We were working with other people on the course and collaborating, creating prototypes and doing design specifications. And at the end of the day, we had that, that perfect piece of work to kickstart your portfolio. Um, and as well as the project, we also had an exam. And as a person who hates exams, that was the least my least favourite part of the course, but it was a multiple choice, so it wasn't as horrible as it sounds. <laughs> Good to know. And did you have any help or guidance throughout or was it just videos? Yeah, so we had the videos, which the modules were all different videos. And then every month we would have a check-in with a mentor. So we would all join the call. And if you wanted to share some of the work that you've been working on, you could give that ahead of time. And they would then get you to share and present that piece of work online to everyone, which was a bit scary to do to start with, putting yourself out there. But I think that really helped because you got that, that really good feedback from the mentor and other people could ask you questions. And then also we had the Slack channel as well, where if you were working on a piece of work during the course and you could drop a note into the channel if you were stuck or just wanted to get some feedback then and there. And there's also ex-students as well who you could find on LinkedIn who you could like drop, drop a message to and just ask in terms of like portfolio stuff at the end of the course. Or I, I know when I was doing the exam, I got really nervous about it. So I messaged some people on there on LinkedIn, like, how was it really horrible? And yeah, everyone was like really lovely and giving you lots of support and feedback. So that was great. Did somebody message you with the same questions you had? They did. So yeah, I obviously had that support when I was going through it. And so whenever anyone reaches out to me now, I'm always like happy to help and put their mind at ease. Yeah, same. Some people ask me about the bootcamp and they would say, should I do it? Should I not do it? Yeah, try to help as much as I can because people help me, of course. Yeah, you have to give back, definitely. So yeah, I was actually doing this course when I applied for the role here at Kindred. And I think the fact that I was actually doing it and going through learning the whole UX process like really helped me when I went to these interviews because it was like fresh of mind as well. So yeah, there are many options out there for all budgets and circumstances. And it's worth noting as well that there are even some free online courses as well. So these courses and boot camps will give you that idea about the process of UX, which we've mentioned. But what it also does is give you that introduction to design tools as well. So for me, like I'd never used Figma before, but I was using it in this course. And I think those skills are still something that you can continue learning when you get that job as well. You're not going to be a professional on day one. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely a key point. You won't be a professional on day one. Also, if I have to think about the silver lining of graduating at the beginning of the pandemic, when there was a hiring freeze, it gave me more time to explore UX further. So I participated to UI challenges. I did a lot of portfolio reviews with senior designer or did some side project where I met more people in the field. I was also spending hours on Dribble and Behance to look for some design inspiration, which I sometimes still do. And I probably should do more because some people, they are just geniuses. And all of this combined helped me get a job in the end. Yeah, so you mentioned like Dribble and Behance there. Can you just explain what they are? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Dribble is mostly design oriented. So it's something where those people will upload their design. And Behance instead is more throughout the artistic community, but they have very beautiful like filter method where you can just filter by UX. So you can also filter by Figma or Sketch. So you can just find something used done by using the two tools. And of course, there is a lot of photography. That's why I know about it, because it was I found out about it through photography. And there are like either just single images. So Dribble is more for like single shot of a, of something. Behance is more, you could see like the full project, the full process what they created. And I think it's, there are just like beautiful things okay. up there. 
That sounds cool. And then you also mentioned things like UI challenges and portfolio reviews. How did you find these? Would you recommend people like doing the same thing and trying oh, to find Oh, yeah, absolutely. So for all the challenges, Medium, which I have mentioned before, will have a list of things. So you can find a list of UI, UX, content design challenges and that you can do on your own. And or sometimes they will have channels where you can share the your challenge as well and get some feedback. And for the um, portfolio reviews instead, I so at the beginning of the pandemic, I feel there was this push to help. And so internet was filled with websites where a senior designer would have time slots and you could pay like books you know, some of these time slots and get and pick their mind, whether it was a portfolio review or some feedback on the project you were working on. I mostly use this for my portfolio reviews and the tips that I got from them was, was amazing, was priceless. So you obviously have a ton of skills as well from when you were a photographer. How do these skills contribute to your role now as a product designer? I've been asked this question before many times and I feel like that when people think about this, they immediately go to design skills. But I would tend to disagree. I think that the skill that I would use the most from photography is dealing with people. For example, as I said, I was mostly doing wedding photography and during a wedding, your clients, so like the bride and groom, will have so much riding on that day. They have been planning this for one or two years. And it's so important to them that you make them feel it's important to you too, even if they are almost strangers to you. And this is also like true for everyone. Everyone wants to feel important, whether they're discussing a new feature they want or they show you something they have designed. And just being dismissive of people, it's one of the most damaging damaging things you can do to in a relationship, whether working or professional. And I definitely got this from photography. Then of course, even just knowing Photoshop helped me immensely learning Figma because Photoshop is the parents of all design softwares. They all stem from that one. And also as a photographer, I was I felt like I was very much in sync with colors. Like I would never shoot black and white. And I love creating compositions around colors, even though I can't really use my passion for colors, for, for color paletting here as much as I like, but I still love that my job involves creativity. I don't think I would be happy in a job that does not involve any visual aspect. Yeah, it's interesting you say that about how your skills from when you were a photographer, you still do find useful today in UX because you do notice more and more now that UX professionals are coming from all walks of life with varying backgrounds and professional experience. And I think that's what makes the industry really great. You meet so many different people and you all learn from each other as well, which is great. And I think as a content designer, I, in my day to day, I sometimes have to take really complex user journeys and information. Sometimes I don't even understand and then turn it into something users will understand and is clear to them and makes using the product easier. And looking back, I think I did this when I was a teacher in China, when I was teaching university students to speak English. I was taking something that they struggled with and didn't find easy to understand and finding ways, fun ways and interesting ways to make that information accessible and easy for them to understand, which is exactly what we do in UX. Yeah, exactly. So I would just say to anyone listening who is thinking about UX to look at the job you have now as a skill you already have will be useful in one way or another. And just add some basic UX training into the mix and a passion to learn and you'll be fine. The attitude is probably a key factor. Just be ready to learn and to not know everything, even if you were an expert in your previous field. I think it's also worth pointing out there that there's this massive misconception that you have to be a stereotypical designer or come from a tech background or be someone who's used design tools in their current job. And hopefully myself and Julia are proof that this isn't true. I think I'm probably one of the least techie people that I know. 
I would also add there that one of the career counselors in my bootcamp told us that we would never be product designers without a design, a graphic design background, which is so wrong. Don't listen to everything you hear. Yeah. And now that all might sound quite overwhelming and sometimes it is easier said than done to just jump ship and change career. So looking back, what were some of the main things that were holding you back and how did you overcome them? The biggest thing was definitely a changing career in my 30s. It seems like a big ordeal at the time and a good argument against it was just calculating how many years before retirement I had left. That was long enough for me to know that I couldn't stay all those years in a job I didn't like. Yeah, I mean, 30 is still young. At yeah. least I like to tell myself <laughs> that. But there, no, there is there is that kind of expectation though when you're in your 30s that you really should have your life together by then. So it, it is scary to just think one day do you know what I'm not happy I'm going to I'm going to change career but yeah at the end of the day it sounds cliche but you only get one life so you want to make sure that what you're doing is something that you love or at least like doing yeah exactly another thing I started to do was question my ability to do it asking myself is it something I can do or what if I don't enjoy this either and in a way this ties with the I'm too old to change career blocker because you feel like this should be it you don't really you're not afforded another change and the reality, the sad reality, is that there's no way to know until you start. But probably researching and talking with people can really help. Yeah, you just have to take that leap of faith <laughs> and hope for the best. But yeah, once you finally bag yourself a job in UX, hopefully it doesn't take too long. Whether that's as a researcher or a designer, it can feel quite surreal that you've actually done it. You've actually made that transition into UX. So for both of us now, we've been working in UX for over a year. And I think it's fair to say we've both grown and learned a lot. But there is, again, still so much learning to do, which I think is another great thing about UX. You're constantly learning. So one of the things a lot of people I've spoken to have said is that once they've made their move and started to see some successes and personal achievements in their new role, they start getting these gut feelings of like imposter syndrome. And I think this is something I've definitely felt on a number of occasions, especially at the very beginning. Is that something you felt as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also feel like, I almost feel like any bootcamp should have some lessons about this because people that change career are just bound to experience this. But looking at the glass half full, I should almost, I feel like I should be almost happy to have felt this because I'm happy to be a person that doubts herself or put what I do into question, which I think is also very important in UX. Just you have to keep questioning what you do. I could never stand working with people that think they're always right, for example. Even me, though, maybe I could doubt myself just a little less. I also think that this might be a phenomenon that mostly is regarding women. At least when I hear people talking about the imp imposter syndrome, it's often tied to how women feel like they're not deserving of a raise or a promotion. But now we're opening a whole new chapter. So maybe I'll just leave it. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that's, a one, that's one for uh, another episode for sure. But yeah, I guess the learning here is that you're not alone if that's if you do feel imposter syndrome at any point in your career I think we've all felt it at some point but the worst thing you can do is comparing yourself to others especially those who have been in the game for years it's not going to make you feel any better instead those people that have been doing it for years they're people that you should be learning from and asking questions yeah and that's I think one of the great thing about the ex community they're always happy to help yeah, that's so true. And the UX community, both within Kindred and online, is just so supportive and really easily accessible as well. 
yeah, like at work, I can count the number of times that I ask for help or feedback or just to have a chat about something and everybody almost dropped everything and just helped. And also within the US community, before joining Kindred, for example, I briefly worked for a startup and we had zero budget. So many times I was just using Slack communities to get feedback on my designs or to find people I could do some user testing with and they always came through. So for any budding UX designers who are hopefully listening in, what would you say would be your number one piece of advice about transitioning into UX? I would probably say ask for help. So ask for help at any stage when you're starting to get curious about UX, find a designer that will talk you through what their typical day looks like and their main tasks in their job, in their job are. Just you know, pester everyone on LinkedIn, someone will reply. And ask for help when you're starting to become a product designer, try getting feedback as much as possible and ask for help when getting the job and also when you got the job. I'm sure your future colleagues will be glad to help and if they aren't, that might be a red flag. <laughs> and that is definitely something that going back, I would have done more, I would have asked for help more often. This is just like one of my issues with asking for help. Yeah, I also think it's worth as well, like for those designers who are maybe listening, who have been in the game for a few years now, that you were once that person starting out. So if someone is reaching out to you for help and guidance, message them back, give them just one piece of advice that could help them. It could change their career. So yeah, I think that's a nice point to finish on. So thanks so much, Julia, for joining me today and sharing some of your experiences with me. Hopefully we've addressed some of the concerns and worries out there that someone may have moving into UX. So thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Join us next time on the All In Design podcast when I will be joined by not one, but two great guests. Tom Walker and Marius Bogdanis will be sharing what it takes to nail a product design interview. So if you've already completed a bootcamp or an online course and you're now on the hunt for a job, you're going to want to tune in. As a principal product designer and a product design manager at Kindred, they will be chatting about design portfolios, what type of questions you can expect to be asked and giving tips on how you can stand out from the crowd. See you there.